Are you ready to learn today? So I want to jump right into what we want to talk about this morning. I'm delighted you've come and you've honored me by being here to allow us to share, and I never take it for granted. But I, I want to talk about what we believe today about the church. The church does not exist for us because we are the church and we exist to make a difference in the world. I want to say it again. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist to make a difference in the world. To help us accelerate this vision, on December the 3rd, we will receive our annual end-of-year legacy offering. Now, the legacy offering is the one time of year where we all come together and we bring our best sacrificial gift to accelerate the vision God's given our church. So let me say it this way. As a church, we will always have more vision than we have resources to accomplish. So the vision God has given us is fulfilled at the speed of the generosity of you and I. As we give, it allows us to move forward and to do more. Our vision includes three legacy lanes. So if you're new to Skybreak, this is really important to help us have a a better picture and understand what we're doing. So you can find out more about the three legacy lanes and you can find out how we're going to use the offering on December 3rd in a digital booklet that we created just for you and you can access that booklet either by scanning one of the barcodes that's around campus or you can go to the Skybreak app or skybreakchurch.com and go to giving and legacy, and there will be an outline for it. There will be a whole booklet, and it shares with you all the details of what this legacy offering is for and how we're going to use it. So December the 3rd is only three weeks away, and I'm asking you, if you haven't already started, I'm asking you to begin praying and preparing by asking God what He would have you give. That's the most important prayer you could pray during this season. Lord, what do you want me to do? And as we enter the legacy season, I want you to enjoy the journey and look forward to what God's going to do through our church, but even more importantly, to look forward to what he wants to do through you. Because I've learned when God speaks to me about something, usually, I'll call it a test. Usually it's a test or it's an opportunity for me to say, okay, Lord, you know things I don't know and you know what you have prepared for me, so let me hear your voice because if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. So the main agenda of Skybreak Church is so every one of us can say, that I'm living my life in such a way that I'm making a difference in other people's lives. That's what we're all about, and that's what God is all about. So today I want to remind you, and here's my message 
title. There is more to life than this life. I want you to embed that in your heart and in your mind. There's more to life than this life. Our whole life here on earth is really all about preparing for heaven and for eternity. Right? I mean, the ultimate purpose for making a difference is heaven. It's eternity. That's why God instructs us to prepare to be generous. So, in fact, Paul writes to Timothy and he tells him what to teach to the church. He says in 1 Timothy 6, verse 17, command those who are rich in this present world. Now, Paul's talking about those who have more than they need, which is really all of us. It's really all of us. Now, I see some of you standing. You could be seated, please, because I, thank you for doing that. Because I'm reading scripture. We normally stand, but I'm going to break these scriptures down, and I don't want you to have to stand for 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> but thank you so much. So Paul says, command those who are rich in this present world, because he's talking to people who have more than they really need. And some of you say, but, but pastor, I don't, I don't really feel rich. In fact, I don't feel rich at all. Well, that's because, hear me clearly, it's because we get to live in North America. You say, well, I, don't, I don't get it. Let, let, me, let me help you with some perspective. I went back and studied this, and I've talked about some of this in years gone by for my own benefit, just to see where I'm blessed. If you make $35,000 a year or more, you're in the top 1% of wage earners alive on planet Earth today. If you own a car, one, you are among the top 18% of people alive on the Earth today. So there's 82% don't have a car. And 99% make less, around the world now, make less than $35,000 a year. So God's given us more than we need. Can I get a yes from somebody? We are incredibly blessed and incredibly rich. So then Paul goes on to say, follow this text. He says, command those who are rich in this present world. So what he's saying is that there's another world out there. So tell those who are rich, don't just be rich in this present world, but tell them not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And here's this word again, command them to do good. Everybody say command. He didn't say ask them. He didn't say encourage them, but this is the second time. He says, command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves, lay up treasure for themselves. So we're not only to be a good deed doer, but you can also, according to this verse, lay up treasure for yourselves as a firm foundation. 
not just in this world, but you can lay up also for the coming age, in other words, for eternity and for heaven. And then he goes on to complete the verse, and he says, and that's how you take hold of the life that is truly life. You want to find out what living's all about, just lay up treasures for heaven. And when you start laying up treasures for heaven and you see what God is doing through you and how he's using you to affect and make a difference in the lives of other people, now you've tapped into what life is really all about. So to put that in perspective for you on Monday, on Tuesday, excuse me, Janet is at the cancer clinic. And we walk in, and there's a precious lady from our church sitting there, her first chemotherapy. Her first chemotherapy. She just found out she had cancer, and she's sitting there with a family member, and her husband's sitting in the lobby, and we walk in, and it's kind of funny. She said, oh, Pastor Danny, I saw you, and I was wondering who that woman was walking with you. Because Janet's hair... Let me explain. Janet's hair's grown back out. It's about that long, and it's dark brown. And Janet's hair, by help of friends, is blonde. And so she said, I saw you, and I'm like, oh, there's my pastor. Well, who's that woman? Oh, that's Pastor Janet. She just has dark hair. And I'm like, yes, it's that one woman. That's the only one. They had another one. But Janet chose the chair right next to her. Janet's had a rough, the day before, we were at MD Anderson, and she was sick and nauseous, and oh, I was a mess. I can't go into it. Just sick all day. It was a long journey. But she sits there, and she chooses in that moment, and I just stayed back, and I watched her choose to lay up treasure, whether it's financial or whether it's investment of time or giving of yourself. And she started loving and ministering and answering questions. and be, She's laying up treasure in heaven. You may not see all of that down here, but now she's tapped into the life that is really life and she walked out of that cancer clinic feeling stronger and happier and better yeah cancer's still there but i gotta tell you that's how you tap into life because there's more to life than this life so the ultimate purpose and the main motivation for making a difference is heaven it's eternity. Why? Because we're simply not going to spend the majority of our life on this side. We're going to spend the vast majority of our life in eternity with Jesus. So heaven and eternity is the main focus. And that explains why what we do matters. It not only matters here, but it also matters in the world to come, which is heaven. So I'll say again, there's more to life than this life. Yet, we have a generation today that thinks we only live once, and that kind of thinking can be very dangerous if you wanna know the truth about it. If you believe you only live once, you'll do a lot of crazy things and excuse a lot of reckless behavior. When all of us need to live with the reality that you actually live twice. I want to remind you of that. And some of you are going to thank me for this message one day. In fact, this is my job. This is Pastor Nathan's job. 
Yes, it's our job to help you with your marriage and to teach truths from the Scripture while we're here on this, in this life. But our job really is to help prepare you for a life in heaven more than here. So when it comes to compassion and generosity and good deeds, Jesus uses these things to say, remember, man is destined to die once and after that face the judgment. Now, most people don't know this, but we're actually going to face two judgments. Listen carefully to me. The first judgment is called the great white throne judgment. And that's where everybody is going to stand before God himself, and God's going to ask all of us. He's going to ask every one of you the question, what did you do with my son Jesus? He's the one who paid for your sin. He freely gives you forgiveness and grace and love regardless of what you've done because salvation, ladies and gentlemen, is a free gift. So he's going to ask you, what did you do with him? And you're going to want to say, I received him and I gave him my life in return. In fact, you don't have to be perfect for that to be the correct answer because we're not perfect. It's because of Jesus and his death on the cross that we were made new and made perfect for before God. So can some of you join me in just thanking him for what he's done. Thank you, Jesus. And we've come to celebrate him today. And God's going to say to you, come on in. Welcome into eternal life. And that's what we're here for. That's the first judgment. But there's a second judgment. And a lot of people don't know about this. This judgment won't determine whether you go to heaven or hell, but it will determine what heaven is like for you. Jesus talked about this as much as anybody. Paul wrote about it to the Corinthian church. Notice what he says. For we Christians must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him For the things done while in the body. So we know this is not salvation because salvation is a free gift. This is referring to what we do for Jesus after our salvation. What did you do with your life once Jesus saved you? Salvation is given freely, but once you are saved, you have an assignment. Y'all don't get too quiet on me now. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 16. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with all of his angels, and he will reward each person according to what he has done. We know he's not talking about salvation because that's free. The reward here is talking about fulfilling the assignment that he gives us once we are saved. Once you get Jesus, now what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And the word reward here means pay you back. Jesus is going to pay you back. He's going to pay you back according to the life you've lived and what we've done for him to make a difference. So for every person who served in a parking lot this morning or who serves out there on a hot summer day, Jesus says, I'm going to pay you back. 
For all those serving in our kids' ministry right now, listening to and praying over our children and my grandchildren, he says, I'm going to pay you back for the thousands of people who give their lives around the world literally for the cause of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm coming and my reward is with me and I'm going to pay you back. Come on, somebody. For every meal you gave for every person you loved, for every person you prayed for in Jesus' name, every prayer you prayed, Jesus said, and every time you use your gifts, he says, I'm going to pay you back in the name of Jesus for every tithe, every offering, every sacrifice, everything you did, God's going to pay you back. So this is the main motivation for why we do what we do. And it's the main motivation for this legacy series. It's the heartbeat of what God has called us to do. God says, when you think about it, you must think about this moment when we're all going to stand before God, and he asks, I know what you did for my son Jesus, but what did you do with your life and with the assignment that I gave you? How did you use your time, your talent, and the money I gave you? And you're going to want to be able to say, I did my best to make the most of it. And I used my time and my energy and my resources that I had here on earth to make an eternal difference. I laid some treasure up in heaven. You're going to want to be able to say that. And it's interesting that at the very end of the Bible... Jesus says, and it's kind of like he got to the end of the story, and he says, there's one more thing I want to add. He says, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I don't know how you feel about what's going on on the planet today, but there's a lot happening right now. And I don't know how you feel or what you understand about what the Bible says about the end of time and about the chaos on the planet, but I got to tell you, I do know the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour Jesus is coming back. I get that, but he also told us you can know the season. You may not know the moment, but he said, you need to look around and you need to watch. And all I have to say to you, if Jesus is not preparing to come back, I'm not sure what else the world needs to have happen for that to take place. And there's a lot of stuff going on on the planet, and we get so tied to this earth and the things we're doing when we need to look up and we need to realize that there's a better life out there. And we need to realize there's more to life than this life. And I've been praying, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I've been saying that. I found myself, and I love living, but I've been saying that. But Jesus tells me, when I come, I'm coming. And when I do come, those of you who have laid up treasure in heaven, I'm bringing my reward with me to give to you according to your work. So there's some people that's going to get to heaven. And I love the way our son, Pastor Jared Green, put it the other day. He was talking to me. He said, you know, some people are going to get in heaven, and they're going to have a little cabin out on the outskirts of town 
and other people are going to have a penthouse right near the throne. And I, I know that's just kind of ideology, and maybe that's not scriptural, but it gets you in the mindset of what Jesus is saying here. He said, I saved you. That's free. I gave you my life. I wanted that. If you receive it, you get to go to heaven. But there's a second judgment. And those who laid up treasure in heaven and those who sacrificed and those who gave their life. I was talking to Janet about this the other day and we were reading and looking into this new book that's about the Christian martyrs in the last hundred years that have given their life for the cause of the gospel. And I looked with tears and I said, Janet, we've really had it so stinking easy. There are people that have laid down their lives. Their children have been murdered because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're gonna stand in heaven by these people and they're gonna get a reward and they deserve everything they get. So it would be only right for me to tell you that you're going to have this moment before God where he's going to ask you about how you lived and what you did and what you gave. And I'm here today to help prepare you and get you ready. So here's a couple thoughts I want to leave with you that I need you to remember. Number one, I'm just passing through. <laughs> I'm just passing through. I'm 63. Sounds like a long time. Sounds like a long time. But when you get to be 63, it's like, I'm still young. 63 is the new 43. Mess with me. <laughs> what did you say last week, Pastor Nathan, about do something? Yeah, do something. I, listen, I, our, our two sons are right here on the front row. Pastor Nathan, our lead pastor, Pastor Jared, our worship pastor. These are our sons, right? And I tell them, and we get to, you know, we're still family. Just because we do ministry together, we, we get to work together, but we're still family. So we got the horse playing around sometimes, and, and they're, they're big boys. They're, they're grown men, and they're strong, but I've always told them, yeah, I, I don't play fair. And you, 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 may, you may get me down, but you're going to regret it. There's something you, something's going to happen, and you're going to be like, I shouldn't have done that. How did I get off on that? Oh, to be 63 is a new 43. I'm just passing through. Say it with me. I'm just passing through. I want you to remember that. We're not permanent residents on this earth. It's important to remember and to live our life by when we're making our decisions and choosing our priorities of what really matters. So Paul said it this way. He said, listen to this verse. He said, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Why? Because their God is their stomachs. In other words, what he's saying is you only live for now and to satisfy your current pleasures and you're not living for eternity. And he goes on to say in that verse, their glory is in their shame and their mind is on earthly things. So instead of living for eternity, you've settled and you're living for earthly fulfillment. But verse 20 says, but our, everybody say, that's me. Everybody say, that's me. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm waiting for him, ladies and gentlemen. 
And God loves Christians who have this kind of focus, who live for eternity. And I want you to have this kind of focus. This is what I mean when I say I want you to look forward to enjoying this legacy season between now and December the 3rd and laying up treasures in heaven, which we get to do all the time. It's not just the legacy season. We should be doing that every day of our life. And this can be tough for those who enjoy life right now. And I like living. I don't think anybody likes diet. I like living because all I know is this earth, this earth. And yes, it's full of trouble and struggles, but it's still a great place. But there is a better day coming. There's a better life coming. There's a hope coming. There's a new day dawning. And it's heaven and eternity with Jesus. So even though your life may be pretty good right now, it's really a mirage and it'll lie to you. So Hebrews 11 says, people who live this way, People who live with the focus of heaven make it plain that they're looking for their true home. They are after a far better country than that. They seek hev a heavenly country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city awaiting for you because we're just passing through. And he said, I go away, but if I go, I will come again. And I've got a, I've got a home in heaven prepared just for you. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a cabin on the edge of town or it's going to be something else. That reward is dependent on how we carried out the assignment God gave us. So the first thing to remember, I'm passing through. And here's the second thing. My time on earth is short. I pretty well address that. 63 is the new 43. Here's what James said. He said, our life is like a vapor. It's here, and then it vanishes away. And if you think you have a lot of time, you'll waste some of it. But if you recognize, I don't have a lot of time, then you use it more carefully. Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. And help us to spend them as we should. Time is short. And God is asking you, how are you going to use it? Paul said this, another verse, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. The Greek word here is the word kairos. And it means there's a window of opportunity that opens and then it closes. And once it's gone, you can't get it back. It's that moment you stumble upon. It's that moment that you help create by your intentionality and by your decisions and your priorities. And opportunity comes and God says, step into that moment. Don't miss that moment. Don't miss that opportunity to obey God when he speaks to you. You know the opportunity is there. We walked into that clinic. I'm walking down that hall to that cancer where they give IVs, and I see this woman, and I'm like, she, she sure looks familiar. And the more we get closer, she is a lady in our church, and Janet is not making the connection. They're taking her blood pressure, and they're getting the IV going and all that. And finally, I tell her, I said, honey, this sweet lady goes to our church. This family is a part of our church. And so she sits down beside her, and her opportunity, she's there to 
get what she needs, but instead God's going to place her next to somebody. Now, she could have went and sat at another chair and ignored the opportunity and missed the Kairos moment, or you can act on the moment. You can act on the season. Don't miss the moment when God puts it in front of you, and legacy season is such a moment. So how I use my time matters. What I do with my relationships matter. And then here's the third thing that I want you to remember. Great verse of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says, On the day of judgment, fire, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. In other words, every dollar you invested and all the time you gave serving to build God's church and to helping other people, to every missions endeavor, all of it, Paul says, the fire will show if a person's work has any value. Some of you may have never studied these scriptures, but let me say it this way. We don't get credit for just doing it. The verse says, if the work survives, you've got to invest and lay up treasure, and it's got to survive. In other words, it's got to show up in eternity. What you're doing has got to show up in heaven. That's why he said, lay up treasures in heaven. So you don't just, you don't just feed people. You feed them and you give them Jesus. Let me say it this way. You can be generous to a lot of causes, but if the end result doesn't connect a person to God's purpose in them, and if it doesn't prepare them for the second judgment and for eternity, you lose. So if you feed the whole world and they go to hell, you lose. The work has to survive. That's why what we do, this is what I'm saying to you, what we do as a church matters most. You need to know that this is a guiding principle for our church, and it's a guiding principle for Janet and I personally. This is what matters most. We like to have things and enjoy things, but you've got to realize there's a Kairos moment. There's an opportunity. There's people on the planet that need Jesus. There's people next door to you that need Jesus. Your mission field is probably no farther than 100 yards. And Paul said that builder whose work survives is going to receive a reward. And I'm looking forward to getting mine. How about you? In the name of Jesus. And there's only one thing that really matters, and that's eternity. That's it. So if what I'm doing and if how I'm living doesn't show up in eternity, then I lose. You need to know that. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. Everybody in the room, just stand with me. I'm going to give you this thought as we end today. If there's more to life than this life, how should we live? If there's more to life than this life, then how should we live? Here's three practical things I want you to take away from here today, if nothing else. The first is I want you to go through life looking up and not looking around. If you get enamored with your life and your job and your house and your stuff, I'm thankful for all of that. I'm thankful for a nice home. I'm thankful for a car to drive. I'm thankful for a way to pay my bills. I'm thankful for that. But if you get enamored, if you get taken up in all of that, 
and you stop looking up, let me say it this way, don't fall in love with earth because it'll disappoint you every time. January the 10th, it was his birthday. I don't remember the exact year, but I was driving back from out of town, Janet and I, and we got a phone call. And it was her parents, it was her dad. And he said, our house just burned down. January the 10th. So instead of going home from that vacation, we drove straight to Dallas. Everything they had was still smoking. Just ashes. It can happen to anybody. And if you get too enamored with what we got, it's all going to go that way someday. Do you realize that? And only what you did in heaven is going to matter. And to the person who's discouraged today, remember I said, look up, don't look around. It, life can be tough. And I, I've had to do this a lot. Look up. Look up. Look up to Jesus. Look up. There's hope. Look up. There's an eternity. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. That's an old song. I like our music today better, but that message is still real. Don't fall in love with her. Keep looking to heaven. Here's the second thing I'm going to leave you with. If heaven is real and all that matters is eternity, listen to me. Give up something now for something you want later. Give up something now for something you want later. You want healthy relationships? You've got to give up your time. You want money in the bank? You've got to stop spending, and you've got you to put some money in savings. You want six-pack abs? Don't do what I'm doing. Jared, you better quit laughing at me. I heard you over everybody else up here. You know my story, right? Mine's just in the cooler. They're there. They're just in the cooler. You've got to give up something now for something you want later. All of us should say, all of us should say, I have all this stuff. You got a car. You, you know, I got stuff. But I'm going to give up some of it now. So when I stand before God and my life is tested by fire, I'll have something to show of value. And it won't just be ashes but I will have laid up treasure and there's going to be men and women and boys and girls walking on streets of gold and you never met them and you may not even know their name but they're going to walk up to you and they're going to say thank you because you gave and because you sent and because you did and because you served and because you sang and because you did what you did I am in heaven Because it's at that moment that you're going to want to hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. So Matthew 6, six says, Don't just store up treasures on earth where moths and rust and thieves take it away. Store up treasures in heaven where none of those things can touch it. Listen to me, church. 
Some of you come to church and you wonder why you don't love God as much as some of the other people down your row. Let me tell you how you love God, but you're wondering why are they so fired up? Why are they so intent? Why are they weeping? Why are they so passionate? Let me tell you why. Because where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So can I be just a little bit personal again? I'm loving on Janet as much as I can love on her. And I'm believing she's going to live forever. I'm believing that. Because I know God can. But I don't know what he's going to do. And I want to make sure when she gets to heaven, she knows her husband loved her. So I'm laying up treasure now. Because she might, she might end up there before me unless Jesus comes. I mean, we just have the, I don't know. She's been fighting this a long time. I'm believing she's going to be healed in Jesus' name. You understand? But uh, you got to understand, I'm, I'm just not standing up here just, oh, that's a cute little sermon, and I just want to tell you you need to give a dollar in the offering and act like you did something. That's, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you I'm, I believe what I'm talking about. There's more to life than this life. And I'm investing. And I love this legacy season. And I want you to fall in love with this opportunity, this Kairos moment. I want your treasure to be in the right place because that's where your heart will be. Would you bow your heads with me all across the room? Here's my prayer. I'm praying that you will make a difference intentionally. You don't make a difference by accident. You make a difference intentionally. And so I'm praying for those of you watching on a screen somewhere, whenever you're seeing and hearing this message, and those of you right here in this room, we make a difference by being intentional. It's not going to accidentally just happen. So on December the 3rd, we're going to bring our best annual sacrificial offering. This is for everybody. And I'm asking you, what can you do to be intentional about it? To be intentional. Make a plan. Janet and I had two conversations already. What are we going to do? How are we going to do that? How can we, how could we give? What, where are we going to get that from? What are we going to make this? And listen, it's not about a number. Don't try to put a big number in your head. Try to put a, a sacrifice in your heart. In other words, it's not about how much you give. It's about the sacrifice you make. And so that's why we say, ask God what he'll have you give. He has a plan for you. Don't, we don't just come into church and, listen, I learned this as a teenager. Man, as a younger than that, I learned you don't just, you know, spontaneously just give to church when you feel like it and just show up and drop something we don't do that you have a plan I make a plan I'm intentional been that way my whole life if, you, if you're not intentional it will never happen so I'm asking you now what will God have you to do plan ask him prepare for it so you can give something and make a difference whatever that sacrifice is and you can join us on December the 3rd and it is a celebratory day if you've never been to a, a legacy offering day, it's a legacy giving party. And I promise you, it is so exhilarating and fun 
and rewarding and there's tears and there's laughter and there's worship so father in the name of jesus help us to be intentional there's more to life than this life help us to look up and not look around help us to make every day count Jesus, you're looking for those who have a passion for you. You want us to have that kind of heart. I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to serve. I can't wait to be a giver. I can't wait to sow something. I can't wait to lay up treasure. And in the meantime, I get to live on earth, loving and caring and being the hands and the feet of Jesus so that in heaven I'm laying up treasure that'll last for eternity so Father I pray for every person under the sound of my voice right now that you Holy Spirit would be just talking to us speak to us we as a person as an individual you have a word just for each of us in Jesus name if you just remain with your heads bowed for a moment maybe you're here and You've never invited Jesus to be the leader of your, of your life. We're born in sin. And the only way to get to heaven is to accept Jesus' sacrifice. He was a human sacrifice for your sin and mine. He paid for it. God sent him. And when he died on the cross, he gave you salvation. But we have to receive it. We confess with our mouth. We say it. Jesus, forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for me. And you rose again back to life on the third day. And the Bible says if you believe that and you say that, you can be saved. So every head bowed just for a moment. If that's you, I would like to lead you in a simple prayer of repentance. So you're ready to go to heaven. Eternity is coming. Can I pray with you? Every head bowed. If that's you, you say, I want to make Jesus leader and Lord of my life today whether it's the first time or maybe you need to do it all over again would you just raise your hand right where you're standing so i know who i'm praying with so that's me i want to make sure i'm ready to go to heaven just slip up your hand right where you're at right where you're at just lift it up thank you i want to know who i'm praying with in the name of jesus thank you thank you hands lifted thank you thank you for that thank you for that thank you for that god bless you god bless you Just a moment more. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, young person. All right, you put those hands down. Thank you for doing that. Can we pray together right now? Would you pray pray with me? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sin. Take away my past. I invite you into my world from this day forward to be my leader, to be my Lord. Thank you, Jesus for dying on the cross for me and coming out of the grave alive forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.